Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hour number two to Get Right with Reggie KG on 105. Three, the fan, Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. That's right. My man, Alec Med, for holding it down for you here. And you turn it on, leave it on station. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app, the truckwreck.com text line, 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053, if you want to get in on the conversation before we get to Vox Lombardi. That dog ain't in Memphis right now. Hey, do, do they got like an ID chip in them? Oh, Do we boy. need to put up some posters, Lost Dog? Yeah, because right now the Lakers have found themselves within one after being down by significant double digits early on in this game. We'll keep you up to date on everything happening across the association NBA playoff-wise. There's not one but two but three teams looking to stave off elimination stave. tonight in the NBA playoffs. Right now, though, we go to the Diamond Factory hotline. Y'all in for a treat. He is a draft analyst, film evaluator, Cowboys analyst for the volume. At Vodge Lombardi, he is... Vodge Lombardi. Vodge, what's going on? My boy. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you for inviting me to the cool table and all that. So, appreciate you. The Cowboys, Vodge, number 26. You have done extensive work throughout this offseason, draft season, combine season, all the seasons now culminates tomorrow night. The Cowboys turn in the card in your mind. Let's just get it out the way. Whom do you want to see the Cowboys turn in that card for tomorrow night? I mean, let's just be clear. I would love for them to turn in the Jalen Carter card. You know, let's just be let's just be fair here, right? But if we're just talking about the the realistic situation here, I think it's down to like five names, and I, and I don't think Bijan's one of them because I think talking about Bijan is just like talking about Jalen Carter. Like that dude is a top five player in the draft. Why are we talking about Bijan, right? I think it's down to Michael Mayer. I think Will McDonald is a guy. I think Drew Sanders is a guy. And then I think Darnell Wright is a guy, right? And I've been hearing a lot about, you know, Kincaid, and we just saw the mock draft come out. Jeremiah put, you know, um, Musgrave there. But I recall, you know, Mike McCarthy coming out and telling us the exact type of tight end that he's that he's looking for, right? I, I mean, he just wants this, this, this true wide guy. He wants a guy that can play in line. He wants a guy that can block. He wants a guy that has upside to, you know, 
catch the football, right? He says upside to catch the football. So when I think about Ken K, like Ken K really not blocking nobody. I look at Musgrave, Musgrave not really blocking anybody. The only blocking tight ends in this class that fits that description, it'll be Michael Mayer, it'll be Tucker Craft maybe later in the draft, it'll be Darnell Washington later in the draft. So when I'm hearing Musgrave, when I'm hearing Ken K, I'm not really buying that too much. Um, but I think we are looking for tight end. You know, will I be upset that it's tight end? Sure, I'd be upset at the value. But, you know, the Cowboys kind of don't miss. You know what I mean? They don't, you know, they don't really miss in the, in the first round, really. So, uh, if it's mayor, then fine. But I'm, I'm one of those Will McDonald guys, man. I, and I might be biased because he was on my platform and we're kind of friends now. So, I may be a little biased. But, uh, hey, you know, bring me, bring me Will McDonald. You know, we, 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 we are a very good pass rushing team. And last year, we were like one of the top three pass rushing teams. But towards the end of the season, it kind of died down a little bit. And when you play versus better teams, you just can't roll out Dorrance and be like, this is the guy. You can't roll out Dante and be like, this is the guy. So I think Will, Micah, uh, Sam, you know, Sam is going to be a guy. You know, I think that's going to be brand new pass rush for Dallas. So I'm going Will McDonald from Iowa State. And to follow up on your idea about the Cowboys not really missing since uh, 2014 when Will McClay took charge of the, you know, the Cowboys draft, I guess, in a way, um, they've made 10 picks and uh, six of them have been named to all pro. Um, Eight of those picks. Yeah, no, there's eight first-round picks in that span. Six have been all pro. The two that didn't, uh, one of those is Tyler Smith, right? And he's played one season. So, yeah, yeah there's, this has been pretty good. That being the case, sure. uh, you done set me up here. Uh, tell us more about the homie, Will McDonald. Like, what did you take away from talking to him? What, what were your uh, big takeaways? Just being honest, though, Riz, I set you up on purpose, man. I'm a content guy, man. So I know you're a I just do a little alley up there. And I'm going um, to finish it for you. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, but, hey, man, Will McDonald is a cool dude. You know, watch anime. He's a martial artist, you know, and, and he just kind of saw me bragging on him one day on social media. You know, like, hey, y'all need to watch Will McDonald. He should be talked about as a first-round pick. So he was like, hey, cool. And, you know, I normally don't do the talk to anybody thing. I don't really do interviews. I don't know what to ask people, you know. But just one day I was like, hey, you want to just come on the show or something, you know? Like, you want to just come on and talk? And he was like, yeah, I would do it today, but I'm at this Cowboy 30 thing. I was like, what? <laughs> so that's where the whole Will McDonald per Vice Lombardi thing happened. But, uh, man, we, we talked, and I was surprised at how much thought he put into pass rushing, right? Because, I, you know, just asking questions is just whatever, right? But, 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 we, but we broke down film together. And the thought that he puts into pass rushing and how he sets guys up and how, you know, how he has plans to pass rush. And this is a guy that played in a 3-3-5 system. He's a real-life outside standing pass rushing linebacker. But they play him in, you know, B-gap, three-tech, right? They they play him at 4-I. They play him at 5. And I'm like, man, like, you're not going to be wrestling with big dudes in real life. But he was just telling me, hey, I had to create my own room. I had to create space. And then I had to bend off of that. So you're talking about a guy that broke the Big 12 sack record. And the dude that had the Big 12 sack record prior to him was Von Miller. Right? So if I can get that dude on my team, like, let's go to Golden Corral and go party a little bit, you know? Three times all first team, uh, first team all Big 12, right? Like, that's also something to be uh, acknowledged. But yes, dude, very, very much a dude on the edge of the line. Vods, tell me on this idea. Obviously, we've seen a lot of people, you know, national media-wise or otherwise, talking about the tight end position. And yes, the Luke Musgrave, you know, pick for Daniel Jeremiah there in his latest mock draft. 
Sell me why, or for most Cowboys fans who may not necessarily feel good about a tight end being picked at 26, why for this offense it's necessary given what Mike McCarthy's trying to do with this team this year? Man, you are asking the wrong dude to do that because I am not excited about the idea that I'm just going <laughs> to use my my first-round pick on the tight end. All these pass rushes on the board, all these wide receivers on the board, all these offensive linemen that I like. And, look, this is the whole thing about tight end in this class. I do ultimately look at tight end as a luxury type of draft pick, right? And to be fair, the Cowboys have done due diligence in that way of, hey, we've – we, you know, fixed wide receiver, too. We fixed cornerback, too. It's time to, you know, lean into some luxury, right? I get that. But this is my problem. I watch a lot of film. So when you start to just go down the list of tight ends, you watch Sam LaPorta, right? You go, man, I like Sam LaPorta. Boy, if we don't get this guy, I love him. Then you watch Tucker Crabs and you go, boy, I like Tucker Crabs. If you don't get Michael Mayer, I love him. Darnell Washington's a guy. Zach Coulter's a guy. And the further you go down the list, you go, Man, I can take any one of these dudes, pair them with Ferguson and Hendershot, and lean on my quarterback, and we'll be fine. I do think tight ends are important, but I think a lot of the the tight ends that we see they're they're good because their quarterback play kind of elevates them. San Francisco don't count because they got an OC that just does weird things, but for the most part. Tight ends are a product of what's around them. That's just my own personal opinion. It's only really five or six of them that's really worth talking about. So in my mind, I feel like I have a Dak Prescott, and a Dak Prescott can make Dalton Schultz look good. All I got to do is find a dude that's more talented than Dalton Schultz. And we got a dude on a team already that is that. His name is Jay Ferguson. So in my mind, how draft value works, and, and this is not what you asked me to do. I'm sorry. No, so you're good. in my mind, how, how draft value works, I'll go, hey, man, listen. A tight end will be good for Dak. But you know what would be better for Dak? Like a better left guard would be better for Dak. You know, a better wide receiver would be better for Dak. Maybe a dynamic running back would make me smile a little bit. And then maybe down the line I can get this this Tucker Craft-type character who's kind of like Michael Mayer, just maybe not as good, but he's still good. And take this Tucker Craft character and be cool with it, right? But if I had to answer your question, if there's one thing that I can sell guys, hey, this is why we should have tight end because Will McClay said so, and he thinks that we need a tight end, so we just should just trust him and just shut our casual fan mouths. All right, so let's say that the homie Will McDonald is the pick at 26, right? Um, yes. We've talked so much about the first round and that 26 pick. But, I mean, you got other picks going in. Like, day two, what are the types of picks that you like, I mean, value-wise, just in that span, that span of second, third round of the NFL draft? Well, I think Cowboys would like a corner. I think they would like a left guard, and I say left guard in particular. Um, I think they're looking for running back, and I think they're looking for wide receiver or pass catcher, as they would say. So, you know, if you're looking for, for wide receivers, I mean, look at our 30 visits, right? You know, they're filled with wide receivers at every single level. So if we can't get Quentin Johnston, okay, cool, then Jalen Hyatt is there. If we can't get Jalen Hyatt, then Josh Downs from North Carolina, slot receiver, he's there. Hey, we just run out of all these guys. What about Jonathan Mingo and Cedric Tillman? You can find wide receivers all up and down this draft. And if you look at the Cowboys' 30 visits, they kind of layer out 
you know, tight ends like that way. They layer out the, you know, you know, wide receivers and corners in that way. They don't really do that with, you know, running back. Running back is just like some fifth-round guys. Um, Kendra Miller, uh, Zach Evans is a guy that I think is a visit also. So I think the Cowboys are probably going to go running back in the fifth. And somewhere in between there, they're going to be looking at linebacker also. Now, we just sneakily haven't been talking about linebacker, but we kind of got two dudes starting. They got neck issues. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the other linebacker we got, you know, like to go pass rush sometimes. He's the best pass rush in the league, you know. And, uh, you know, and then we got Jabril Cox coming off the bench, and I don't think the Cowboys really trust him just yet because we just refuse to put him on the field. Right. So, in my mind, I think the Cowboys should definitely be looking for a linebacker. Now, there's a name that I mentioned earlier, Drew Sanders. Uh, he's a guy that can that can play linebacker for you. He has a little bit of Van Der Esch in him, uh, but the good thing about Drew Sanders, where I think most of his value is going gonna, is gonna to come from, is that he had nine sacks last year on top of his linebacker stuff. Now, he may not be the best linebacker in the world, but he's a linebacker that can get you nine sacks. So, you know, if you're looking for a guy that can, hey, if anything goes wrong with Van Der Esch slash uh, um, uh, Clark, then, hey, we have this linebacker option here. I just think Cowboys are probably looking looking for that second-round, third-round type guy. Um, I'm not really excited about linebackers neither. But, hey, if if Will McClay loves him, then cool. Trent Simpson is a guy. Uh, he's a linebacker safety type dude. But I think we got enough linebacker safety type guys. So, you know, I'm not really there for that. Uh, Jack Campbell kind of looked like Van Der Esch. Uh, he's a bigger <laughs> athletic dude. And, you know what I mean? He he kind of looks like him a little bit. Uh, Dayon Henley's a guy that I like a bunch. He should be a second-round pick. Uh, I hope he shouldn't fall to the third round, but if he falls to the third, then we're going to Golden Corral. So, you know, it's uh, it's a lot of options in this draft, and uh, I think the Cowboys are drafting to where uh, day three and the fourth round, I said that on purpose, day three and the, and the fourth round should be filled with talent, and we shouldn't be disappointed. Let's take this big picture for the draft tomorrow outside of the Cowboys. Give me a player that could go higher than expected and one that could slide that might be a little unexpected tomorrow night. Um, I don't think Osiris Torrance and Luke Van Ness are as good as people say they are. Mm. Um, so I think I think I think both those dudes are kind of going to get overdrafted. Like you know, when they draft, I'm just going to do a small clap in the back of my mind because hey, my team don't have to deal with that. You know, it, it, it's, it's just that some dudes you just don't want to have to deal with. You don't want to have to go through that figuring out process with him. And everybody's like, well, Bavach, you know, um, Luke Van Ness, you know, could be the next JJ Watt. And I hate that because why we always got to go to one of the best dudes of all time? Like, why can't he be like Kyle Vandenbosch or something? You know, like, why can't he be like, you know, Jared Allen or something? Why you got to go straight to J.J. Watt? I don't, I don't see that in Luke Van Ness. Um, so I think he's the guy that's going to be massively overdrafted. Um, and dudes that can fall, I think these wide receivers, once upon a time, there was this big three for wide receivers, right? It was Jackson and Jigba, it was Quentin Johnson, and it was Mario Addison. And Jackson and Jig was still a guy that we think is going to go first. He should go around 12. We saw um, we saw in the uh, mock draft that Jeremiah put out that he didn't go 12 where he normally goes. And, it, and, and the, the first wide receiver came off the board was Zay Flowers at 11. That was weird. And I only, I only care about his mock draft because he, he just puts what he hears, right? So if there's a world where Zay Flowers wide receiver from, from Boston College is the first wide receiver off the board, that's, inter- that's an interesting rise for him. And that's a huge tumble for these big three guys. Um, Addison is a guy, Jordan Addison from USC, formerly of, of uh, Pittsburgh. He's a guy that was talked about being a, a top 10 sort of guy. Now he's looking at going into 30s and 40s somewhere. So uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. But I just want to tell Cowboy Nation this, no matter what we think, like no matter what we think about the value that's going to come to us and the guys that we have the possibilities to, you know, pick from, teams suck at drafting. <laughs> 
Beans really sucking trash. Facts. And I see everybody do these mock drafts, and they're just a perfect mock. Why are you assuming the Raiders are going to do the right thing? Yeah, is Why there somebody fast on the board? Because the Raiders will take him. Like a, you know, you know, like a, like a, like a realistic mock draft should have a third round dude somewhere in the first round. I go, you know what? Goofy stuff happens like that all the time. I agree with that. So. Cowboy Nation, don't get upset because you draft at the back of these rounds. Somebody's going to fall to you because other teams are bound to mess this up. Vach, uh, one, listen to Vach when he talks about offensive line play. He knows what he's talking about. Um, and then also just the the perceived confidence of dudes that are in jobs just because they're in their job is one of my favorite things. So I'm glad you got to that. Uh, before we let you go, what you listening to recently? Oh, man. Uh so when I don't have a bunch of new music to listen to, I do deep dives on older music. So I've been listening to Janet Jackson and Phil Collins. Wow. Wow. Yeah, oh, you diving yeah, deep into your bag. Okay. <laughs> Start to have it on the way to heaven, you know? <laughs> well, look. <laughs> the nation, you know? That's, that's right. At least you're not in Atlanta where they had, you know, the postpone the whole Janet Jackson concert for a night. Because, just by a day. Yeah, just know, by a day. Trey Young got out here and did what he had to do for Atlanta. So, you know. Tragic. <laughs> Vods, tell the folks so they can find you what you got going on up to draft night. Hey, man, we are going to be exhausted by the end of this weekend, but it's all good. Catch me on the volume and my YouTube page, Vox Lombardi, where I'll be live streaming the entire draft Thursday and Friday. I might cut that thing off halfway through day three. I ain't got time for your <laughs> sixth and seventh round picks. Uh, but tune in. There will be a lot of fun. It will be a bunch of jokes. And on the regular, you catch me Monday through Thursday on the volume at 3 p.m. Central. And Vox Lombardi on Twitter. Derek Eagleton shouted me out today, and I just didn't even know that he knew I existed. So shout out to Eagleton for knowing Vach exists. So hey, Vach, you, you reach uh, a lot further than you realize, my boy. Yes, you do. I'm just some humble dude from Natchez, Mississippi that, uh, you know, has no clue that, that you know, Jerry Jones might be listening to me talk crazy about his team right now. So <laughs> I just appreciate y'all. <laughs> appreciate you, Vach. Have a good one, man. Luke. There he goes. Vach and Barty of the volume. Going to join us here on the Get Right with Reggie KG here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next here on the Get Right. Oh, you pointed at me. That means I have to tease it. Um, That's right. Hey, man, in Europe, sometimes when teams be out here embarrassing everybody, they'll give you your money back. What are some situations in the history of DFW sports and all sports where you wish that you got your money back? We'll talk about it next on 105 Through the Fan. What are some money back moments that you wish you could have in sports? We'll get into that conversation here on the Get Right. Reggie KG on 105 Through the Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Attitude. What's happening? Alec Medford holding it down for here. Really appreciate you joining us here on this Wednesday night. Coming up in 16 minutes, we'll go around the National Football League. Get you caught up on the latest news and notes, including Aaron Rodgers. In that green today, a new shade of green, if you will, as he had his introductory press conference for the New York J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. Speaking of Jets, that's what the uh, Grizzlies decided to put on at the end of the third quarter because... They had gotten within, the Lakers had gotten within one, and then John Morant said, actually, hold that. <laughs> and they are now up uh, double digits going into the fourth quarter. In fact, the Memphis Grizzlies now sit, what, 16 up on the Los Angeles Lakers, uh, 18, in fact, 94 to 76 going into the decisive fourth quarter. Meanwhile, the New York Knicks are on the brink of eliminating the Cleveland Cavaliers and advancing to the Eastern Conference semifinals. Yes, Jalen Brunson and company are just 48 seconds away from sending Cleveland home 
as they look to finish off their seven-game series with a 4-1 series win. Jalen Brunson has been spectacular for the New York Knicks uh, on this night. He's got 23 points. R.J. Barrett has been fantastic as well, 21. Emmanuel quickly got 19 as well. We'll be turning over to Reds for our next conversation here on the Get Right. Uh, Has anybody heard of Tottenham Hotspur? Uh, What's up, Jared? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I need to check. I need to do a well check on my man. What's up, Jared? They've been embarrassing my boy. Yeah, man. They fired their their manager. The interim manager came in, and the first – I don't know. Was it the first match with the interim manager? I can't recall. Uh, but they got out there, and they were playing against a, a team called Newcastle. And they started that match. Admittedly, they changed away from the system that they had been playing previously. But with that being the case, it was a goal. In, like, under two minutes, and then another goal. And then another goal. And then another goal. And a fifth goal in the 21st minute. And I keep saying it this way because it's hilarious to me. Sitcoms, broadcast sitcoms in America are 22 minutes of content. In that time, Tottenham Hotspur had given up five goals. And let me tell you, <laughs> soccer, that's not very that's not very common. So they they got they did this so poorly. They behaved so recklessly in this game. That uh, the team got together, they had a conversation, and they got to hear like they put out a statement, mind you, they on did. Te- team letterhead, like yo, our bad, you know we 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 this is not what the team you know what the fans expect of us this is not what we expect of ourselves. We got to do better, and just to show you that we mean that everybody that traveled to come see us play and pay them tickets, we got you on them tickets, we got you on the refund. Don't even worry about that. Like that's our bad. And one of the things about it is this is not entirely uncommon, right? You'll see this happen from time to time, especially like um, road games and uh, sometimes the club itself will cover it. Uh, but if they just if they just do so bad to kind of help public relations, they'll be like, look, man, don't even worry about that 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 ticket. We got you on that because uh, we know you did not appreciate what you saw. And I was like, hey, man, maybe the U.S. can learn something in this way. And I was like, how do we bring this stateside? Well, let's start with our DFW Metroplex. What were some money back moments where we could go ahead and uh, at least make ourselves feel better if uh, if somebody had given us some money back for some of these performances? Um, oh boy. While you think about that, the one that came to mind immediately for me is not a is not a DFW area team. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the Texas Longhorns. It's one of my favorite games to remember. Actually, kind of a pair of games. Um, twenty thirteen and twenty fourteen, they had a home and home. With the BYU Cougars in 2013. Oh, yeah. That's your boy Taysom Hill, isn't it? Yeah, that manifested yeah, itself. Yeah. Um, with Taysom Hill facing off against David Ash and Case McCoy. And the number 15th ranked Texas Longhorns fell to the unranked BYU Cougars 40 to 21. What was specific about this uh about this game that made it a money back moment? It wasn't just a score, ladies and gentlemen. It's the fact that Texas allowed. 550 yards <laughs> on the ground for four touchdowns. Um, in addition to that, your man Taysom Hill was out there playing because, yes, he is that damn old. Um, nine for 26, throwing the football. That sounds familiar. For 129 yards and an interception. However, 259 yards on the ground from Taysom Hill. Three tutties. Um, that was the one where they, they got done with that game and was like, hey, um, oh, what's my guy's name? I just forgot. That was at Miami just a second ago. Coaching. God, I forgot the name as soon as I was about to say it. Um, but they told the defense. Oh, Manny Diaz. There it is, Manny Diaz. Yeah. It was like, Manny Diaz, come here. Yeah. Go ahead and yeah. get, get this box for me. Clean out that office. 
because we not bring you back after letting 550 yards on the ground. I imagine that any anybody in burnt orange in Provo that day needed to get their money back. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's that's nasty work. Not gonna lie to you. By the way, it's officially a final in New York uh, in Cleveland. The New York Knicks take out the Cleveland Cavaliers in five games. Jalen Jalen Brunson and the Knicks moving on to the Eastern Conference semifinals, where they will take on the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, from the eight one seven. Yes, thank you, Mandy. Yeah. It's crazy because for the longest time that name was burned in my brain, and then just now <laughs> I was like, when I need it. Don't got it. <laughs> Which I guess was kind of what their defense did, right? Um, oh, damn. For the 3-2-1, KG's favorite team in Medford's uh, TCU in the national title game. Yikes. Yo. Because that started early. We knew what time it was very quick. Here's the thing <sighs> about that game, right? It didn't stop. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> like, you were hoping at some point in that game oh, it man. would stop. It never did. And they was running different people out, too. It wasn't like Georgia was like, we're going to keep these starters on you. Georgia was so bored by the time you got to the fourth quarter. They were like, hey, who? Hey, you had thrown a touchdown pass. So you come out here and come do this. Will the fan in section G <laughs> roll F? Hey, come on down. C-13, come on down. You get to tote the rock for the Georgia Bulldogs. <laughs> like, that's how nasty work uh, that was. No disrespect, mind you. I mean, TCU. shout out to Sonny Dykes and, you know, TCU. Fantastic year. Just not that night. The good thing was I had no expectations going into that game. So I was kind of like, huh. But you yeah. didn't expect that. I didn't expect that. No, I, I had no expectations. <laughs> I had no expectations of winning or losing. But, yeah, if, in case you didn't know, I scored a touchdown on TCU that night. Too, yeah, but. man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it, it was rough. It I was mean. real Oprah. You get a touchdown. You get a touchdown. Everybody get a touchdown. It was very rough. Against TCU. Uh, shout out to the 817 for this one. Yeah, the Cowboys losing their final game at Texas Stadium to the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I'm sure that was tough because like it was like, yo, this is going to be emotional. And then let Chris Arnold tell that story from that day. He was there. Oh, boy. <laughs> you want to talk about saltiness inside a Texas Stadium that day? Ask him about that one day. He'll tell you how everybody was feeling that day. A lot of Cowboys fans getting in on the action uh, on the Twitch chat. Insufferable Twolo Justin said, Personally, spent $4,500 coming down from Kentucky on Thanksgiving to watch the Raiders beat our Keisters. Oh, I'd love to have that back. No. That is. Speaking oof. of something that wouldn't stop that day, oof. Anthony Brown pass interference penalties. Oof. Yo. Yeah, I, I love 45. Because this ain't just like I spent, uh, you know, wow, traveled on Thanksgiving. You got family in the area, like, Justin? That's real commitment. Because I wonder, like, did you leave your family to get to watch the to watch the ass whooping? Because <laughs> that would be even worse. I could I could be eating cranberry sauce right now. What is happening? That brings to mind one for me, um, as I had a chance to kind of marinate on it a little bit. You remember that one time back in late October, twenty fourteen, on that fateful Monday night, when speaking of Texas. Remember Colt McCoy at one time came to AT&T Stadium on Monday night, passed for 299 yards, ran for a touchdown, and led at the time the Washington R's to a 20-17 overtime upset win. That was such a nasty football game. Over the Dallas Cowboys. Hot. Could not begin to describe how I felt that night. Watching a dude who apparently is not his real name 
as Rance yeah, has da- come to da- educate da- me. Daniel McCoy. That's right. Uh, Daniel McCoy mm-hmm. walked into AT&T Stadium and pieced up the Dallas Cowboys on Monday Night Football. Yeah. All the money back from that because that was embarrassing as hell. I don't know if this is an uh, if this is a Texas A&M booster from the eight three two A&M football for the entire last season. <laughs> yeah, I'd want my money back too. They said money receipts everything. Because the crazy thing about yeah. it, like what what makes that money back is not just that they was out here embarrassing themselves on the football field. They were doing it on offense. When you got the offense guy, right? Like, you paid a whole bunch of money. They was like, hey, Jimbo, bring that offense around here. And he was like, what offense? Hey, I need to meet Jimbo's agent because whomever was able to con Texas A&M out of that $100 million deserves all the jobs for the rest of his life. Because whatever he got them to sign, whether it be for blood or whatever, incredible job by that agent. Uh, Speaking of offense, the lack thereof that one time, you know, when – Oklahoma, speaking of Chris Arnold, when they allowed, again, speaking of Texas, remember that 49 piece that Texas dropped on Oklahoma? I do recall that. And Oklahoma scored a grand total of zero yeah, that was nat- like, was points just, at the Cotton Bowl. It was just un- so unprecedented. Like, you just, <laughs> you're not, you're not going to participate at all? You know this is a big event. You're supposed to put like, in. I know y'all didn't drive that far to get down here, yeah, but damn. Yeah, you're supposed to put in. <laughs> like... Hold up your end of the bar. Come on now. Um, this is interesting. Let's get some baseball involved here Uh-oh. from the 214. Went to a Ranger game. Rick Helling pitching for the Rangers. My first game I had ever taken my parents to. Rangers playing the Angels in Texas after the top of the first inning, 11-0 Angels. Shouldn't ha- should have asked for my money back. Yeah, mm. you're damn right. You're damn right. Or just open up concessions. All you can eat. Because this is, that's nasty work. Because Ale- this is the thing about baseball. At least in other sports, when an ass whipping commences, you can start looking at the clock. Like we can get <laughs> baseball. It's like no, you gonna stay here and you gonna get this ass whipping until it's over. Hold it all night oh. long. Yeah, man. Really, any of those Ranger home games in 2021? <laughs> those, Ooh, no. yeah, Ooh, don't do that. yeah. Oh, I, I went to a lot of those just because that was a good hangout spot with the boys, you know. And it was like uh, we don't care about the Ooh, score. Yeah, I was We're down just... bad that much. I had to hang out, you know. Hey, don't yeah. do that. I mean, oh. ticket prices were low, oh. but I... baseball games are a fun, a fun hangout. They are. They really are. I just did it last week, and it was great. They won, though, didn't they? Oh, yeah. That was the Adolis Garcia three-home run game. <laughs> See how much more fun winning is? <laughs> that was Isn't fun. Isn't that better? It's I do have better. a money-back moment, though, that I was able to think of. Oh. My first ever Cowboy game. Oh. 2017. It was week 16. Okay. On Christmas Eve against the Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson. Mm. The Cowboys and the Seahawks were in a playoff elimination game. The loser misses the playoffs. I was so hyped and so confident in this game. You saw in cash money, wasn't you? I yes, and oh, I was no. so I've spent too much money to go to that game just to sit in the four hundred level just to watch Dak throw two picks and lose twenty one to twelve. Well in, in Zeke's return from suspension. That's right, that was the Zeke year. Yeah, man. Yeah, and Des Bryant was held to just three catches. It was a really bad game overall. It was just very unfun to watch. Uh, there's a couple of them because let's get some Mavericks fun involved here from the 469. Pay for the Mavs versus Jazz playoffs where they put up 77 to the Jazz's 102. Need my money back on that one. I will uh, we'll put out the bat signal to Mark Cuban and see if he's willing to do that. Uh, can I also take you back to because someone else mentioned all the games after the trade. Let me take you to one in particular. Uh, the date was let me see if I can get this date right. Um, uh, February 26th. The opponent, the Los Angeles Lakers, 
coming into the American Airlines Center, where at one point in the game, there was, hear this right, a 27-point lead. I believe it was 45-19 to with seven and a half minutes left to go in the second quarter. The Lakers won 111-108. Gave all of it back. All of it. That's nasty work, man. Oh, boy. Uh, This one will end on this one here from the 469. My first game at the new Globe Life Field was San Diego (laughs) no-hitting Texas. Joe Musgrove. I remember that. At least you got to see some history. Most random no-hitter that you could come up with. Oh, his slider was unhittable that night. Literally. Unhittable. Like, it was nasty. Unhittable. It was insane. Well, hopefully you got your theoretical money back on some of these things. Yeah, I hope that was some level of therapeutic, and if mm-hmm. it wasn't, at least we had some fun. Mm. Coming up next, we go around the National Football League, get you caught up on the latest news and notes in and around the NFL. Next, I'm going to get right. About to go around the NFL here on the Get Right with Reggie KG on 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, yep. Alec Medford holding it down for you here. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey. And the Odyssey app coming up at the top of the hour. We're going to get you caught up on the last look into the latest draft buzz heading into tomorrow's NFL draft. Our path to the draft coverage brought to you by Pluckers, K-Post Roofing and Waterproofing, and the Owner's Box inside the Omni Hotel in Dallas. Don't forget to come hang out with us at 190 East Stacy Road in Allen at Pluckers. Reg is going to be all in that Holy Mac. Well, I'm Correct. just going to just find any number of wings that I can get into. Wings guy over here. Oh, I got to I gotta do a scarf tomorrow, huh? Yeah, you got to come correct tomorrow. Okay, no problem. I got you. Yeah, fit going to be on point for uh, for us tomorrow. And uh, we want you to come hang out with us all night long. Again, we'll be there around 630-ish uh, at our location in Allen. I'll dip out a little early because I'll be headed back to the Studios here to host the post NFL draft show with the three time Hall of Famer Chris Arnold. That will begin at 11 o'clock. We will hear, of course, from the Dallas Cowboys, number 26 overall pick, uh, and all of the festivities. Jerry, Steven talking as well after night one of the draft. Let's go around the NFL here on your home of the Cowboys as we do. Aaron Rodgers was introduced today in the Big Apple as he has a new shade of green that he will be donning for the rest of his career. Mr. Rappaport, Reggie's favorite NFL correspondent. He just never leaves us alone. Has the revenge tour begun for Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I mean, the main message to me was the Aaron Rodgers revenge tour starts right now. And it started with not just talk of the Lombardi Trophy looking lonely, which is certainly something that we took note of, not just how good the team is, but also, yeah, he's going to be present, not just during the offseason, not just for, he's going to be in the building tomorrow for practice. Literally tomorrow, whereas of course, it's workouts, but close enough. Whatever. I mean, he's going to be in the building taking part with his teammates in a way he never, ever, ever did with the Green Bay Packers, at least not for several years. I mean, he famously said that he would just not really throw in the spring, give his body a rest, give his mind a rest. All of that is now out the window now that he's got a new team, the New York Jets. The only thing crazier than all of this, Tom, would be if the Packers end up drafting a receiver in the first round tomorrow, then both teams 
would be on their revenge tours competing against each other, and I'm here for all of this. Um, look, Rodgers has the chance to, you know, create some continuity with his new teammates and be able to do so early on. So it doesn't necessarily surprise me that he's going to be in the building this spring. He's got a chance. It doesn't? Last year with the teammates, he had some new teammates. He did not participate in any of the offseason activities. You could easily look up and go, huh, didn't look like y'all were on the same page to start the season. Wonder why that is. So, like, it is good that he is actually going to do this. But I, I would, I, I, there's a level of surprise because, you know, he seemed to be, especially knowing how Aaron Rodgers get his get down in general, mm-hmm. how he seems to just be like, I do what I want sometimes. Like, I could see how some folks would have anticipated that maybe, just maybe, him being old guy did not want to do off-season work. Well, yeah, most accomplished veterans at that stage of their career aren't coming to mini camps and mandatory mini camps like that at all. I remember Michael Strahan told the Giants, forget all of this. I'll see you when training camp begins. In fact, y'all won't hardly even see me then either. Like, there's a lot of guys that do this, but new team, new situation. And for Aaron Rodgers, Brees Hall coming back from the torn ACL, Garrett Wilson, offensive rookie of the year, and wide receiver. They've got some good parts there. Again, the only thing I have to say about this is Aaron must really have wanted to get out of Green Bay, and Green Bay must have really wanted to get rid of him because for him to go to the AFC and face that murderer's row of quarterbacks, good luck with that. Good luck with that. Aaron Rodgers, the newest quarterback for the New York football Jets. Can I play you something real quick as it pertains to quarterbacks? Mm-hmm. Because this is something you've been talking about, and I know you're passionate about. Medford, have you been able to find what I'm talking about? This is Dan Patrick talking about the 49ers. Everything. I was told this yesterday. The Niners have monitored everything, including Lamar Jackson. They, they've explored that, or at least looked at it. They kicked the tires on that. And, of course, you should do that. Always, always try to improve. But with the Jets. The idea that they've actually at least explored that. I don't know what that means in depth. And I'm hoping to see more reporting on that as we go along throughout the day or like throughout the the week. But, um, yeah. I mean, it makes all the sense in the world. <laughs> I mean, I, I've talked about this for a while. Like the idea of putting that quarterback with that offensive mind in that scheme with Christian McCaffrey, Ayuk, Debo Samuel, and George Kittle is terrifying. And you, look, Kyle Shanahan has been looking for his golden child quarterback for a long time. Hell, that's why he wanted Trey Lance so bad is because Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't going to get him there the way he wanted it to. Brock Purdy stepped in there. He played well. But again, the ceiling is not nearly as high with Garoppolo or Purdy. Trey Lance, they thought he could give it to him. And I think when you say that, it's important to note the off-schedule type stuff, like yes. the being able to do things outside of the structure is is what, you know, you were but looking Shanahan for looking outside forward. of that. Yeah. yeah, and Garoppolo, Purdy are not going to necessarily give it to him. But Lamar Jackson, yes, sir. <laughs> that will happen quite a bit. The only thing is, if you're the Cowboys or any team in the NFC, that ain't the dude that you want to see on the, in the playoffs. Uh, when it comes to Lamar Jackson. Um, Speaking of which, in terms of quarterbacks, the number three overall pick. Now, I do want to play this one because we talked about this a little bit. Here's a little more context, though, from Rappaport. Again. 
about what may be happening with the number three overall pick as it pertains to the Arizona Cardinals tomorrow night. Take a listen. Yeah, I would say the conversation really starts based on what the Houston Texans do it too. If they take C.J. Stroud, their quarterback of the future, then, you know, my guess, just canvassing the landscape, Thomas, the Arizona Cardinals would probably sit and pick. If Stroud is available at three, I think you're going to get several teams with interest and perhaps we might see a trade. Cardinals trade out, they accumulate picks. The Paris Johnson thought is certainly one that has been gaining steam around the league. Uh, the Ohio State tackle, probably the safest and I would say the consensus number one tackle for most of the people we speak with would not be that maybe surprising a pick considering, you know, making sure that Kyler, Mur uh, Kyler Murray is in a good spot in the future is paramount in this organization. Certainly something he would like. Uh, but for the Arizona Cardinals, yes, they would like to trade out. But, of course, that all begins with what actually happens right before they go. Yeah, that's going to be the intrigue tomorrow night. What happens in spots two through four? Because with Daniel Jeremiah's latest mock draft being put out here, I just find this completely fascinating. He has the Texans taking C.J. Stroud at two and then making a trade with the Arizona Cardinals for the Texans to go up to three to then go take Will Anderson out of Alabama, that would be the shakeup of the night if that is the case in Arizona, whom Medford you have seen and said also that it appears Arizona is motivated to get out from that number three spot, depending on what happens to them. Yeah, they've been talking about it for weeks. It seems like that number three pick is you know, kind of just gifted to them. And they're like, I don't know what to do with this. Uh, you know, they have good options there. They could take Anderson themselves. They could, as Rappaport said, take a tackle. You know, Kyler Murray, they had Paris Johnson, who he mentioned, in for a visit, and apparently Kyler Murray fell in love with him, you know, and said, that's the dude. Go get him. But it wouldn't shock me to see Houston make a splash move, say, hey, all this talk about us not taking a quarterback, how about we take our quarterback of the future and the best defensive player in the draft just to say we mean business here with D'Amico Ryans, who – is a coach that's not going to lay down and die, especially in his first year, you know, new system and everything being implemented. You're not expecting much from him, but I don't think he's going to say, hey, we're going to tank for the next quarterback next year. We want to win. That's D'Amico Ryans. This dude's motivated. They're going to go win some games this year. I like the trade idea. I think it's a brilliant idea for them to possibly create uh, that kind of chaos there at the top of the draft. Um Congratulations to Devon Hamilton. He signs a three-year, $34.5 million deal to remain with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He, the defensive tackle, gets that deal tonight, according to the NFL Network. So after a career season, three years, $34.5 million, with $23 million fully guaranteed, according to Ian Rappaport. Last thing on that um, Daniel Jeremiah mock draft. Yeah. A couple of interesting notes he has. At number eight, the Atlanta Falcons are sitting there. Guess who they take? B. John Robinson. Yeah, B. John Robinson at eight. I mean, that makes sense, especially if you're committed to the Desmond Ritter uh, project. Give a young quarterback, especially one that you don't view as, like, otherworldly, give him assets. Mm -hmm. Give him a running game and a, a pass catcher out of the backfield and maybe one that you can shift into wide receiver-type concepts. Because what that does is that makes defenses it makes it harder on defenses to lock in on what you're doing and gives that quarterback just another advantage when they get out there on the field. It'd be I mean it's a smart addition. The Packers at 13 and his uh, mock draft to have them taking Dalton Kincaid to help out young Jordan Love 
as he makes the transition to full-time starter. Same concept. Give the man some weapons to help him out. That's a trip around the NFL here on the Get Right with Reggie KG here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, we finish up our football conversation. The latest look into the latest draft buzz going into tomorrow night. What are these NFL reporters saying about what could happen tomorrow night? We'll talk about it next on 105.3 The Fan. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.